I want to I talk to you guys a little bit today about why can't I change? I love how Paul would argue it and be like, the things that I know to do, I won't do, but the things that I'm currently doing, I know I should not do. It's just fun to say do to a bunch of times in church because I'm 12. But that's, we, we understand that kind of tension. If I said, what's that thing that you would just, you've, you've been trying so hard over the years Nobody has to think that hard. We've all got something, right? There's all, always something that we're trying to do. Mine gets to be one of the obvious ones. I would like less of this whole situation, you know, for weight loss. And it's going incredibly well. It's going well. But there's still other things that are happening. And I believe, I'm going to give, you, I'm going to give away the whole plot right now. With God's help, we will choose what we want most over what we want now. With God's help, we will choose what we want the most over what we want now, uh, if you're taking notes today. I'm going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 for the most of the morning, and I, I just want to pray for you before we get rolling into it today. God, we love you. We want to be more like you. We want our lives to change, and yet we have been trying so hard. We're not, we're not even sure how to do it anymore, Lord. Hey, just church... Would you just pray silently for the people who are in your row right now or nearby you? Would you just pray for them to be encouraged today and be lifted up? Would you pray for yourself right now? Just asking God if he's got something to say to you today that you would hear it. Just tell God, hey, you're, you're willing to, to hear him today. And lastly, would, would you pray for me? and that I would speak clearly and boldly and with truth and grace today. Well, Jesus, we bring all of these hearts to you, wanting to dedicate it to you in every step. Holy Spirit, guide us now, and it's in your name we pray together. Amen. I'm going to be in 1 Corinthians 9 for the most part, and there's a couple things that I want you to know. One is this was written by a guy named Paul. Paul hated Christians. You think that your cousin hates Christians? Paul murdered them. So he super didn't like them. I'm just assuming his family, right? So I, I, for this whole entire area, they were mostly Greek where they were coming from. And Paul, who literally only became a Christian because he met Jesus, that's a good strat, by the way. If, somebody, if Jesus just appears to you and says, what's up with your life? What are you doing? Tom translation. Yeah, you'd probably get saved really quickly too. So that's how he turns around. He's planting churches all over the place, and he sends out these letters knowing that they would be read together. Have you ever tried to read the Bible, and you're like, I don't know what's happening? Because most of the time, it wasn't meant to be read alone by yourself with your perfectly made cup of coffee and a candle. Okay? Sometimes it's meant to get in a room and be like, what in the world was Paul talking about? Well, he was talking to people in Corinth, which is right next to Greece, and you know what Greece was famous for back then, besides which I'm sure is amazing olive oil, was the Olympics. It was the Olympics. Every four years, the Olympics would come in. It was an ancient event. They took it very seriously. They loved competition so much um, that when Paul talks, he uses a, a, a metaphor in here that it would just uh, resonate with them. And I'll talk a little bit more about that. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training, but they do it for a prize that will fade away. We do it, being living for Christ, for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose every step. I run with purpose every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, 
training to do what it should. Do you have goals? Do you have dreams? And you've just seen it ripped away from you so many times. There is hope. So Paul says, if you're going to run, run to win. All the athletes, they're training to do it. They're doing it for a prize that's going to go away. But as, but as we, as followers of Christ, we do it for an eternal prize. But I love it when he says, I run with purpose in every step. Now here's what was happening. You know about in the area of Corinth where this was written to, um, that Greece hoped, hosted the Olympic Games. But also in Corinth, they hosted their own kind of local version, a smaller version of the uh, Olympics called the Isthmian Games. I hope I said that right, but we'll never know. Where they had very specific competitions. They had wrestling competitions. There was boxing competitions. They also had a poetry reading competition, which is just incredible. So artists welcome. Go Greece. So this is the kind of place he's talking to. He knows he can go into rich metaphor, and he also knows that they are fully capable of understanding if you are going to train, it's going to take everything you've got. He was talking, and he was telling people this brilliant... I, I, Listen, this is the best way I can teach it to you. This is what the great theologian Ricky Bobby once said in the movie Talladega Nights. He says, if you are not first, you're last, complete with the American flag. All right? We know this feeling, right? We just, we just want it. Not for, okay, I'll, go, I'll move past Ricky Bobby. I'm not going to riff off that too long. Here's what somebody who was actually from the area, he was a great philosopher, and he says this in describing the Ithmian Games. This is how they valued competition. He says, if you withdraw without sufficient reason, you will be whipped, and this whipping comes after your training, which involves thirst and boiling heat and swallowing handfuls of sand. You train by eating sand. What is wrong with grease? Oh, my goodness. But yeah, they, they, I mean, whatever you got to do to toughen you up, I'll just stick to whey powder, I guess. But what I want to tell you today... You've been trying far too long, and it is time to stop trying and start training. It is time to stop trying and start training. You see, trying something never achieves consistent results, but training is a wholehearted commitment. Trying is an attempt to change with minimal commitment. Training is a wholehearted commitment to achieve a specific result. Remember Romans or 1 Corinthians 9.25? Everyone who competes in the game goes into strict training. Sometimes your trier is busted, and you don't need any more trying. You know, that's one of the things that they teach you in a good 12-step program is that you are powerless to change things. There's a surrender along with this kind of training that we're talking for. The problem with training is we go for results so quickly. But, and as soon as things get difficult, that's when we back away. Or we say, you know, it's my calling, it's my calling, it's, my, it's too hard, it's too hard, it's too hard, now I back away. And here, here's, here's the word that, that, that Paul actually uses in training. This is Greek, and he says, uh, agonizomai, agonizomai, sorry, agonizomai, agonizomai, you, bad joke, dad. Uh, to contend for victory, this is where we get the word agony from, to train every nerve toward the goal. In 1 Timothy 4, 7, Paul, coaching a young pastor, he says, train yourself to be godly. Training is doing what I can do today to enable me to do even more tomorrow. Even more tomorrow. Now, the thing is, is when everything is just about you trying, as soon as your trying fails you, it's easy to quit. If you're training, 
you still got to get up and train the next day because the only goal is getting back into it. But we also know, I, you know, I, I have a multitude of issues that I'm trying to work through, and one of them was weight, so that's the easiest one to, to pick on. And for me, I, I finally hit a goal um, this week that I just didn't think it was going to happen. I've lost 178 pounds. It's an obscene. I know. Thank you. I know, man. I, I, I totally lost a, you know, a, a skinny person, man. I got like... I lost three quarters of a Jonah, man. I, I'm just telling you, it's, I did that the other way. Three quarters more than a Jonah. Okay, I'm not, let's just move on. <laughs> now for me, I, my whole life, I've, I've tried, I've tried, I've tried. Oh, I've tried Weight Watcher. I went to a Jenny Craig building once at least. I think that counts. I've <laughs> tried keto. I've tried doing shakes. I've tried it all. And this is what I had in my mind. Nothing works, which is silly. Because all of them work as long as you work it, all right? <laughs> But there is nothing that can just come in and just kind of fix me. And uh, I've been trying my whole life to get this business better. And there was a change for me. There was a change for me when I started training. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit more about that in a second. But probably uh, my dad and I, we used to watch boxing together. I don't like baseball because what, what are those guys doing in those tight pants running around swinging things? I don't know what's happening. <laughs> boxing, they hit each other in the face. It's great. Okay. <laughs> Except for one guy who was incredibly hard to hit. He's probably one of the greatest boxers of all time. He is one of the greatest boxers of all time. It's Floyd Mayweather. You guys heard of this guy? Floyd Mayweather is about yay tall. He'll change weight, class, uh, change weight classes at a whim, just depending on who he needs to fight. And he is 51, if you count that last nonsense he just did, and oh, That's it. 50 and 0. How do you do that? He has stood in the ring with some of the hardest hitters in the world, and everybody wants to know. And he's older now, and he still steps in and is totally ruining people. It's awesome. I love this guy. And for a boxer, he's pretty humble. So everybody wants to know, how do you train? How do you train? How do you train? How do you train? And he said, okay, well, let me break it down for you. And let me tell you, it, it's nothing that would surprise you. It absolutely would not surprise you. His training is ho-hum boxer training, except for... His mentality. So he breaks it all down in this interview of March of 2017 when they were asking. After breaking down his schedule and how he fought in different weight classes, he said something this week that I, that I saw this week that really, uh, really struck with me as somebody with an undefeated career. And he says, the difference between me and the others is patience. Patience. One fight at a time. I take one fight at a time. I'm not thinking that I want to win the next 10 fights. I just want to win today. And sometimes a guy will get me in the tough battle in the beginning. But of course, as they say, it's not how you start. It's how you finish. And I always finish strong. You want to achieve something more than just goals. Maybe it's great to have a goal, but I'm not losing weight so that I can lose weight and meet a goal. I'm trying to be a new person because I want to go the entire distance. And I want to make it. So when Floyd trains, he's not training, going to learn how to hit this guy real hard and get another shiny belt. Nope. He's just like, finish, 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 finish. That's all he's doing is he's obsessed with the finish of the thing, not the entire process. The process takes on different meaning when you're thinking about the finish. Who do you want to be? So for me, for weight loss, at first it was healthy. At first I didn't want to be on blood pressure medication. I didn't want to be, I wasn't pre-diabetic yet. I don't know how that's even possible. But for me, what has to happen is the fact that I'm trying to be a different person, but my trier gets busted. So when I don't think I can resist it, the temptation anymore, I get back 
to training. And here's what helps me do it. And this is for you, that if you want to see change happen, you got to stop trying, you got to start training, and then you have to know your why. Know your why. Why do you do it? I've, I've been really blessed that people have trusted me and they just kind of, they just call me and I haven't talked to them in years and they're like, so Tom, you know, how did you do it? How did you lose all that weight? And let me tell you guys, it's not a big secret. You eat significantly less. <laughs> okay, that's a big part of it. I did other things to make it, you know, at least a little bit more palatable, but I don't want to get into all that business, but I will give you Tom Gibson's 2021 weight loss tricks. Stop it. Stop eating so much. <laughs> Tom, are you working out every day? No, that's gross. What I do is I just eat less. I don't want to get all sweaty. It's going to be, it's muggy. I won't thaw, you know, I won't get dried off till winter. It's ridiculous. I'm not working out. I'm just eating significantly less. And it's helping. And by significantly less, I mean an appropriate amount, which is like, whoa, don't tell me what's appropriate. I'm American, right? I don't want any of that business. But the question that I have when people reach out and they say, hey, you know, I'm thinking weight loss surgery, I'm thinking this. My question is the same to them that I would have for you for that thing that it might be, whether you don't know if you'll ever be able to chase sobriety. Maybe you've been dealing with mental health and you think, finally, I'm going to be past depression and depression or whatever PTSD that so many of our generation are facing. And I would tell you the same thing that I tell them. I ask the question, why do you want this to change in your life. Why? And at first, it's really simple. In my context, it's, it's, they, people want to talk to me about mental health or mental body. This is just a fun conversation. I just want to talk about the new halo. Like, so we're, we, we have this conversation. I say, but why are you doing this? Well, I want to be healthy. Okay, but why? Well, I want to, uh, I want to be in thinner clothes. Okay, but why? Like, ultimately, what does it lead to? Well, why do you want to do that? Maybe Maybe I just don't want to be insecure anymore. I don't want to have to look at furniture and be like, I wonder what the pound rating is on that padded guy. You know, maybe, maybe it's being able to get into a car more normal. Maybe you're just sick of coming to church with a hangover and you're just not sure if you're ever going to get a clean, sober Saturday again. I'm telling you, the trying gets busted. When you want to see significant change, my question to you is why? And it's always awesome because we've gotten there together with every single one of those questions. I started losing weight not to look good. I already put a ring on it. She's stuck with me, okay? <laughs> I don't need to impress anybody. I don't need, you know, it's great being able to shop in normal clothing stores now. That's all wonderful. Do you know why I did it? Because I want to live longer. I got work to do here. So to me, it's not like, can I weigh less or can I change more? Can I try? Can I try? Kind of try. I put my why out in front. This was done so beautifully because, you know, weight loss is, is the testimony that I'm speaking out of. A mental health would be a testimony, but everybody has a why. And if you start to know your why, the question about what to do becomes less important. I'd love for you to see this video here. How do I know? A lot of people, when they think of the phrase, how do I know, they always want to put the what behind it. How do I know what I'm supposed to do? The question that you really should ask is, how do I know why I'm here? Because when you know your why, your what becomes more clear and more impactful. If you know, like for instance, um, people know that I do comedy, but that's what I do. My why is to inspire people to walk in purpose. So I can do comedy, I can write books, I can be in a movie, 
because all of it is motivated by my why. In fact, I have a new, uh, a new web series out called Michael Jr. Break Time. Uh, we probably just did the sixth episode. It's on YouTube. So every single Wednesday at 3 o'clock, we drop a new episode on YouTube of Michael Jr. Break Time. What it is is it's me. I travel around the country, and I do stand-up comedy, in case you didn't know. <laughs> and in the middle of my comedy set sometime, I'll stop and just talk to my audience. And we've been filming this, and it's... You know, it's, it's pretty cool. So we're in Winston-Salem. I'm going to show you a clip from Winston-Salem. And I'm just talking to this guy in the audience, and he tells me that he's a, uh, a musical instructor at a school. So I was like, all right, you're a musical instructor. You know, can you sing? Let me hear you sing a song. So this is what happened at the last episode of Michael Jr.'s Break Time. Check it. So you're a musical director. Cool. Yes, sir. All right, so um, let, me get a couple, let me get a couple bars of, like, uh, Amazing Grace. Can you do the first part of that? Let me, go ahead. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Wow. That brought a sing. You know what I'm saying? All right, all right. Um, now, once you give me the version, is if. Uh, your uncle just got out of jail. You got shot in the back when you was a kid. I'm just saying, let me see the hood version real quick. If you know which version I'm talking about, just see if that exists. Let me see what you got. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound Okay, um, here's what I want you to catch. The first time I asked him to sing, he knew what he was doing. The second time, he knew why he was doing it. When you know your why, your what becomes more impactful because you're walking towards or in your purpose. He's a musical instructor at Liberty University. Uh, so, I mean, they picked a good guy to do it. What, cha what changed? Passion. His eyes were closed the entire time. He was going into the world that he knew that he was born to serve. He spoke out of his home life. He spoke into people's lives. And what was so great is he, he did. He took us to a place of soul, and all the white people lost their mind in that video. It's so funny. <laughs> When you know why you're doing it, everything gets easier. You know, for me, like, at first I was like, you know, I'm going to start running. That was like a five-minute thought. But you know what I did? 
You know what I honestly did? When I was thinking about running, I was just on Zappos.com, just trying to find the perfect running shoes. If I just get the right shoes. <laughs> Look out, Bolt. I'm coming for you, Usain Bolt. I'm coming for you. And then I couldn't find the right shoes on my side, and I'm like, maybe I just wasn't called to run. <laughs> I mean, that's what we do, right? Like, we kind of wrestle with things, and they're difficult. That When we meet a path of resistance, sometimes we... We can back out of a thing. We can back out of that thing that you're so desperate, desperate, desperate to change, desperate to change. There's something that changes, though, when you know why you're doing it, though. When you know why you're doing something, you don't ask how many hours it's going to take. It's in front of you. When you know why you're doing for it, you complain a little less because the purpose is the thing that pulls you forward. When you're trying to figure out your why, let me tell you something. I'm going to be really honest with you for a second. Christians are wild people to work with, okay? We, because we mix our opinions with our faith, and then I feel like I got bear traps laid out for me in my office sometimes when I, they're like, when somebody asks me a question, I get so terrified because I don't know how many people in the world that I've met be like, you know, I used to go to church, and then this pastor said something to me in the hallway one time, and I haven't been back since. I'm terrified of you all that I'm going to say something super stupid, okay? That, I mean, that's anxiety. So what did I do? I wanted it to change. So I would just try. I would try really hard. You know, think happy thoughts. I got thumper going in my head the whole time. Can't say something nice. And it just wasn't getting better. Why? Because I was trying so hard that I forgot why I was in the hallway in the first place. Like, it just got confusing. I'll tell people in a creative meeting, and I've said this so many times that my sta the staff here makes fun of me now, is that sometimes when somebody comes up with a wonderful idea, we don't take it and just take a second and go, wow, what a great idea. We start thinking how, and we kill the whole thing because they don't know how they're going to do it. If you've got a vision or a dream in front of you, it is unstoppable if the why is worth it. For me, losing weight, getting help, seeing a therapist once a month because it's been so good for me, I could get caught up in the details of how I'm going to get it done. But I'm willing to go to all those meetings when I know why I'm doing it. Everything, everything changes. Now, because I've had extreme weight loss, it feels like that's the first subject. It's always funny, like, seeing a friend for the first time because we took last year off. It was just a free vacation. That's all COVID was. And we, uh, I sat down at lunch for him, and he just, every few minutes, like, he just start, kept staring at me. And I'm like, it's making my hands sweat. What's happening here, buddy? He's just like, Tom, you look great. And I was like, okay. Can I, are you going to stare at me while I eat the salad, man? Like, people just want to talk about it. And it's great, man. They want to congratulate you. And then, and then the most sweetly attention, you know, intentioned people will say stuff that's kind of wild for me to, to hear. Oh, how did, you, how, how did you do it? How did you do it? And then I'll give them some details, and they'll be like, oh, I got a friend who did that. They gained all their weight back. Thanks for the story. Thanks for the story. And they're not thinking of like what that's going to do to my brain and like just, you know, make it a dumpster fire up there that it is already. They're not thinking that. They're just, you know, anecdotes, right? That's what we do when we talk to each other. Oh, yeah. Yeah, my mom tried that. How'd it work? Well, she's still really, you know, like it's a situation. And people are like, why are you telling me that? So I am, I am genuinely, just to be human with you for a moment, I, like I'm terrified of gaining all my weight back up because... Because I want to live longer. See, and that's my why. At least that's part of it. Is that I know that I want to live a little longer. I don't want to get to the end of my life and say, I would I wouldn't give for 10 more minutes to be Anna and Hope's daddy. It's worth it to me to try to do that. But it's also worth the fact that I just didn't want to be so stinking miserable. So here's how I combat it with my mind that I would also offer you to. If you are finally 
ready to start training and seeing results, be obsessed with the training, not the results, would be part of my coaching to you. But the other one is this. If I do gain back all of that weight, I will be grateful for the time that I have that's healthy now. Be grateful. Gratitude is a game changer. Gratitude takes away expectations. Gratitude takes away, it's one less way that somebody else can let you down in your relationships because you're not going to hold them to a higher standard. You're just going to be grateful that they're in the room with you. Gratitude will change your life. And to be thankful, it takes some training. Friend Jonah, he, like we, we went out to, actually I wasn't there, but he went out to Jonah for a while and he got, he ordered chicken wings and they were not very good chicken wings, were they? They were just, it's just a situation. And he ate them and he said, well, I guess thank God for the chicken wings. Like, <laughs> he was grateful in that moment and it changed his experience. I'm telling you with me, with getting helpful, it was when I stopped thinking that I could try my way to help, to happiness. But I had to be really honest. So when people call me now and they're serious about weight loss, they want to know, how'd you do it? How'd you do it? How'd you do it? My response is, it doesn't matter. Why do you want to do it? And be really brutally honest, not the most poetic reason why, but why do you need to see change in your life? Why? Why? And you get that in your head of the person you want to be. See, I'm not trying to be thin. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to be normal, healthy. So... My why is to live longer. But, I mean, look at, this, look at this picture. This is me two weeks before I started my journey. And there are two different guys. What's wild about uh, Tom on the left, I, I, I couldn't see it then. Yes, I, you get so comfortable. You got anywhere in your house that just never gets clean because you like that thing that you ordered and you just kind of set it there and there it shall live until you move out, Right? It's because we get blind to the things that we see every day. We get blind to it. And that was, that was scary. But I want, I want you to see this guy from last Christmas. My Y is wearing red. I just want to be her dad as long as I can be. That's it. Now, it's great to talk about, oh, the clothes you'll get into. If you're drinking too much or you're using narcotics right now to make it through the day, I, I would just say your Y is more powerful. Your Y is more powerful. It's more powerful than any platform. It's the reason that you're going to get up. The difference between a wise person and a foolish person. A wise person is the person who realizes that all of life is connected. What you do today will impact your tomorrow. A foolish person is the one who knows and doesn't care because fools don't respond to new information. Okay? I have to keep that in front of me. I have to be wise about it. That's part of my training process because I want to finish. I'm obsessed with the finish, just like that boxer was, being obsessed with the finish. Well, I know somebody who gained all the weight back. Cool. You can probably stick that story right in your ear. It'll be all right. I think I can say that in church. First Thessalonians 5 says this, Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstance. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. What is your purpose in life? What's God's will for you? To be his rejoicing, connecting person in his life. A real relationship. The way that you train to get there. Well, I don't think the how matters that much, guys. That's, I mean, it's, it's good. It's good to know how you're going to lose the weight. It's good to know how you're going to get sober. 
It's good to know how you're going to get out of a toxic relationship that might be hurting with you. But can I just be honest? If you can get really honest about the why, you'd be surprised how far why will carry you. See, now if I screw up eating, because cheese is awesome, all right? Now if I screw up, I used to be filled with so much shame afterwards, and I'd be like, I ruined it. I'm going to be that fat guy all over again. And like this shame will come pouring onto me. The difference between conviction from the Holy Spirit and shame, shame kills all creativity. It goes against your brain, and it will just wipe you out. Shame is just the thing that's trying to shut you down. Conviction is a clear truth placed in front of you and it tries to redirect you. You know, God is trying to move you, not stop you. Shame wants you stopped. He is trying to move you. The best training that I can tell you about is falling to our knees and saying, I want you, God, more than the results of following you. I want, I know my why so clearly that I just want to live a little longer, that I put that in front of me, that when I look at, and I know it's, this is going to sound funny, but like sandwiches, I miss sandwiches so much. <laughs> but instead of eating it or getting, in, getting into whatever I'm trying to get into, you know, or something like that, the why comes back. And it's not about control anymore. It's about knowing in a higher perspective Maybe I'll get an extra 10 seconds with my family if I just don't eat that or I don't drink that or I don't look at that on the internet. Maybe I'll just get a little bit more time and the quality of life. Be grateful for the training day and finish strong. Know your calling and fight for it. If you're going to be in it to run, run to win. Who cares how other people did it? Who cares? This is between you and the Lord, right? Now, so other things that I do for mental health, I see a therapist uh, once a month. And you know what that does for me? Just like getting physically losing weight, it's less baggage that's hanging on me for when I'm trying to raise my kids. Or trying to be a good husband, good son-in-law, good son. If I'm just obsessed with being a good person, it'll fall apart as soon as I do something bad, which it's coming because I'm a human being. My goodness. But for you, you've already tried. How'd that work for you? Now, my little girl, Hopi, she is one of the toughest people that I know. She's very stubborn, and she will break you if you mess with her, okay? I'm so proud of her. I think I told you guys this once when she was three. I can't remember what she did. She did something dangerous, like very, very dangerous. And that's when I, that's the only time I would ever spank a kid is when they did something dangerous, and I need them to know how dangerous it is. So um, she had done something, and it was time to spank her, and like, like a POW World War II movie. She just kind of grips the chair. I could not make that girl cry. I couldn't do it. Like, I wasn't like, I'm, just, bam, I'm, a, I'm a dude, I'm a fully grown dude. And this is how Hope would respond to a spanking. This kid's got a notebook with names in it, I'm sure. Like, <laughs> she is tough. Now this summer, we want her to learn how to ride her bike. It's time. And this is, what, this is what she said to me. This is what she said to me. Dad, I already tried that, and I just kept falling over, so I'm not going to do that. Well, uh, honey, it's got training wheels on it. The training wheels will help you. No, Dad, I, I just, I've already answered this. This is what she says to me, my seven-year-old. I've already answered you. I tried it, and I failed. I tried it, I fell. That's, 
I tried it, I fell. I don't want to fall, so I'm not going to do that anymore. Now, you all know how to ride a bike, I'm assuming. You know that the way that you learned how to ride a bike was falling over a lot and learning from the pain of it? That's you and me, too. So, let's take the training wheels off. Let's give somebody in your life who will give you the little push behind who's ridden that bike before. Let's do this together. Stop trying so hard. Start training for it. For the duration of the service, we're going to watch Rocky Four together to get us really jazzed up. <laughs> I was so close to getting Rocky in this service, and I'm like, it's just too much. For me, I just want to be grateful. You know, what's interesting is there are people who talk about sins in the Bible and like sins that are like modern day things that we're all arguing about. You know what the number one commandment besides loving God is? It's to not be afraid. Are you worried at all? That's like one of the number one sins in the Bible is because it's so broken. Don't be scared. Don't be afraid. You are going to fall. But if you're training, you know that falling is the part of the process. That falling is a good thing. Stop trying. Know your why. Start training. And have it in front of you. Finish strong. You are so very loved. Please don't give up. We're here with you. We're here for you. But we cannot fix you. Please know. Please know that there's hope out there. And it's time for us to fight back the darkness. You don't need it in your life anymore. I'm praying for you to experience some freedom. Why can't you change? Because you are not the creator of human beings. Now, last illustration. I was trying to get someone to understand this uh, several years ago, and there was, this was a long time ago. You're going to know why in a second. There was a VCR in the room. Okay. <laughs> we're trying to get it to work because it was uh, when I was learning how to edit in college, and we were like putting the stuff together and trying to get it. And I said to my professor, I said, I feel like this VCR where, the, I guess the self-aware VCR, there must be some AI technology in it, but... The VCR can sit there and it can like hope and hope and hope that it'll be a DVD player or, or Roku or whatever you got, okay? It, you, can, you can sit there, but unless somebody with the know-how steps into it, unless the designer, creator, the engineer of the thing gets on it, it'll always be that and it won't change. If you let Jesus own your heart, it's not going to be so much about you trying. It's going to be more about you worshiping which is the best tool I know against all temptation. If there is something in your life that you need freedom from, our prayer team members are going to be up here when I start praying. You all can come up here and be ready. Don't go through this life alone. Don't do it. Get help, please. Please. And just know, if you want to see results, don't worship the results and the goals. Lift him up and remember why you're doing this in the first place. You can be clean. You can be free. You can be away from that toxic relationship. You can be, but you don't have to do it alone. So let's do that thing that hurts. Let's train and let's win. God, we love you. We trust you. We want to make more of you. And we are asking God for the folks in this room who are just begging for a chance to feel some freedom. They've tried before, but the bike kept falling over, so why try again? Because this time walking into it with the expectation falling is good because it'll help me stand taller. I love you, Jesus. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Would you stand up with us? You know, uh, Pastor Scott,
first Sunday in two years he's been gone. I'm so glad for that. Thank you, every volunteer who has stepped in to help make that happen. Boy, we're so grateful for you. Thank you to our amazing VBS volunteers. What an incredible, incredible three days. Just so proud of this church and how well they loved our kids. Our buddy Frank was taking pictures, and if you look in the background, when we, uh, I don't know if we posted it on the main page yet or not, almost every time you see, you see kids just smiling from ear to ear because this, y'all, this is an incredible church. You just brought so much wonder into those kids who have had so many things taken from them. And then they raised $7,000, those kids, to go. They did that, and it's, it's going towards love for a child. That's more, I'm sorry, seven kids are going to be able to go to, to camp this year because of your kids. Well done. I am so proud of you, so thankful for you. Jesus, we love you, we trust you, we need your heart closer to ours today, and it's in your name we pray. Amen.